0: Praise the Lord. Man, if that didn't stir your heart, you may need to check your pulse a little bit. Isn't it awesome to see those kids singing out to the Lord? And just, I want them to know that. Here's the thing, uh, to, to you know, if you're a parent, grandparent, just love kids, you probably realize this. A lot of them uh, are going to grow up in a different world than we grew up in. But while this world may not be good to them, God always will be. And I'm glad they're learning that at a young age. And God will be with them every step of their life. If you're thankful for the Lord, would you give Him praise just right now? Thank you, God, for the hope we have in you. And this morning, I just want to welcome you. This is... Uh, Part five of our series, Stress Out, but before we get into the message, uh, let me just say a big uh, welcome to our guests. We're so glad to have you with us, and if you wouldn't mind to take a moment to fill out a connection card, I would love to just connect with you, and we'd love to to thank you for joining us, and if you'll fill out the information there, you could take it to our information table after service, and we've got a special gift just to say thanks for joining us. Also, even if you're not a guest, you can utilize connection cards to update information, Or uh, especially on the back, remember, we use these as our prayer request cards. And we've just come to the close of our 21 days of prayer and fasting, but I want to encourage you, that doesn't mean we're done praying, and that don't mean God's done answering prayers. Amen. Amen. We saw some incredible and and even miraculous prayers answered during these last few weeks, but I believe God's just getting started, and God's people are just getting started. So if you've got a prayer need, uh, please utilize those to fill that out, and uh, you can place those prayer requests in the offering boxes as you leave. And uh, talking about offering, let me remind you we've got three ways that you can give here at Lakeview. You can give online at lakeviewpeople.com slash give. You can use the text to give number that's on the screen or that same website. And then we've got offering envelopes located in the seats nearby. We don't pass a plate. We just have some offering boxes by the door. And uh, thank you for being so faithful and so generous to give so that we can do great things for the kingdom and in our community. Uh, Something special for our church community that's happening this week, uh, Lord willing. uh, You know, I know we've got some questionable weather happening Tuesday and Wednesday, but we're playing this Wednesday night. If you'll notice a time difference, this Wednesday at 630 is going to be what we uh, use to launch our spring life group semester. It's our life group fair. We're going to have food and refreshments. I'm going to be bringing just um, a special message to you. And then we're also going to have booths set up where you can check out different life groups available for all different stages of life, interest levels. And it's a great place to get connected to the body of Christ. So, uh, you know, again, depending on what the weather does, anybody ever heard somebody say, my dad used to always say, good Lord willing and the creeks don't rise. Anybody ever heard that? Anybody still trying to figure out what that means? Am I the only one? All right. No, I know what it means. Uh, But we hope to see you this Wednesday uh, and just believing for the roads to be safe and passable in that way. We'll keep you updated on that. But uh, right now, before we get into the message, may I ask you, will you pray for me and pray with me? Just that, that God will allow his word to go forth the way he wants it to. God, I thank you for these precious people gathered in your name. And Lord, I I love them and I know you love them even more than I ever could. And the enemy hates the unity and and the peace that your people have and tries to fight against it. So right now we take a stand against him, God. And we stand on your word to be with us no matter what we go through. So we trust you and now we listen to you to receive. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. I've been pretty passionate about this series, uh, Stress Out. Again, I want to emphasize it's not stressed out because we already know how to do that. The goal is to get stress out of our lives and not allow the enemy to, to gain a foothold in, in our peace. And This morning's message is a bit of a different title. It's entitled, uh, Take This Job and Love It. And some of y'all may know the old country song, I see some of you probably do, uh, written by the Reverend Johnny Paycheck. <laughs> uh, had an almost similar title. Anybody know, Take This Job and Shove It? Yeah. Yeah, any, any people still working on their sanctification in here too? Uh, yeah, it's a great song. Kind of a play on words of that because that's what the world wants to tell us is take what you're doing and if you don't like it, just shove it. But can I tell you, God created you for something very special very important. And I don't want you to miss out on what God has in your life because you're stressed out by things in your life. And one of the biggest areas that can hit us is in our career, in in our jobs. And they even say young people today in high school, they, they take more antidepressants than people 30 and above. And most of that is due to them worrying about their future They're concerned about how am I going to make money? What if I get stuck in a job I don't ever want to do? And I'm, you know, that's a big fear of theirs. I'm going to be caught up in something, and I'm going to be stuck doing it for the rest of my life, and I'm going to hate it all of my life. And that's real worry and real stress. And we don't ever want to just be so concerned about our career that we forget that God has a calling for us. Jesus spoke of this in the book of Mark, chapter 8. If you'll look with me at Scripture, Mark 834 says. Then Jesus called the crowd to him, along with his disciples. And please notice, he's talking to different groups of people, even though they're all together. And I just want to encourage you here to know that your walk with God is not going to look like somebody else's walk with God, and that's okay. God is here to meet us right where we are, to help us take whatever next step we need to take. Anybody glad for that? So he called the crowd to him, along with his disciples, and said... Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And he spoke this not only to his just, you know, real close followers, his disciples. He told the crowd, and Jesus was very good about letting us know the end from the beginning and letting us know what was expected and required and, and, and what He is calling us to do and how He's calling us to do it. And these are important things. Denying ourselves and taking up our cross. Look, you may want to follow Jesus and you, you may not want to deny yourself and take up your cross. And that's okay. That's part of the process of learning to look more and more like Jesus and less and less... Like our old selves. He goes on in the next verse to say, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. And this makes me think of the men and women in our country that have been willing to write a blank check with their life to serve in our military, our armed forces. Look, I don't care who you are. If you can't respect that, I can't understand that. Because it's a big deal to say, I'm willing to put my life on the line. I just want you to know our church honors you and thanks you. We've got many veterans in here and families of them, and we're grateful to you. And God bless you. And here's the thing. They may never have to lay down their life, but they're willing to. And that's what it is for us to be a follower of Christ. Look, he may never ask you to be a martyr. You may not ever have to give your life for him, but you should be willing to do whatever God asks or requires of us to do. I believe it's worth it because Jesus says it is. And it, Finally, the next scripture there says, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? And I'm just believing the Holy Spirit to speak to you even better than I ever could about what this means. Because so oftentimes we think that we're losing the battle if we're not gaining enough stuff in this world. Aren't you glad this world's not all there is? And we don't have to worry about it accumulating all this world has to offer. So Jesus was sharing this message to a, a diverse group of people, all the way from his disciples. Honestly, there were even people there that were there just to, to ridicule him and just to, to try to disagree with him. And you know, that happens a lot of times in churches today. We have a wide cross-section of people. And I want to talk about just four people groups That Jesus spoke to these people groups. They were called different things, different titles. But you'll see these same four groups of people in churches today. Number one, it's one that he just spoke to, is the word crowd. This is the people where Jesus would say when he would speak to them. You'll see it many examples in the Gospels, in the life of Christ, where he would say some version of, just come and see. Just come hear the message. Come look at what Jesus has done and what he's able to do. No pressure. You're not signing up for anything. You're not signing your life away or anything like that. But you're just coming to check it out. And I've often prayed for our church to be a church of more than just church people. I want people who are seeking God. Uh, People say, well, you're being seeker-sensitive. No, we're being spirit-sensitive. And the Holy Spirit draws people unto salvation. So I'm hoping the Holy Spirit draws people to our church. Anybody join me in that? But we should not only be waiting for them to come here, we want the Holy Spirit to lead us to come find them. There, There are crowds around, and I tell you, they're watching us, church. They're watching Christians. And watch in society. Christians sometimes get the worst uh, reputation for no reason. Look, we do enough stuff that we deserve our reputation. Don't pile on us and we ain't even done nothing. Come on now. We have a hard enough time as it is. But look in society, man. They're, they're harsher on Christians than any other religion for less things. Pay attention to that. It's spiritual. There's a reason for it. But people are watching. How will we respond to that? And we want them to come and see. I want to give you just a, a small uh, resource that could help you invite somebody to come and see us even next Sunday. We're launching a brand new message series entitled, It's Complicated. This is a message about relationships. And it says it's complicated, but it doesn't have to be. And I know anybody, even if they're not saved, can understand the pain of a complicated relationship, a difficult relationship, or struggling in their relationships with family or friends or whoever it might be. So anybody could relate to this, but we're going to relate all of this to the gospel of Jesus Christ because we want people to know it doesn't matter what's going on in your other relationships until you get your relationship with Jesus sorted out. Nothing else is going to work out the right way. And so I challenge you, this is a great opportunity just to invite people, just to come and see. Ask them to come sit by you, come check it out. And let's pray together and believe together for the Holy Spirit to draw people that need to hear the gospel, and they will respond and be saved in the name of Jesus. Amen. We want to we not you know, discount the crowd. It's an important thing. Jesus ministered to the crowd, and we do too. But that next step that people often take is they go from becoming just part of the crowd to part of the congregation. This is where you would say, come and join us. And they say, hey, I like it here. I want to I check this out more. I'm going to start attending regularly. And, and I want to be a part of what is going on here. And so this is kind of like joining a family. And joining a family, it means something. It's an important choice. So we always challenge you. We want you to pray about it. It's why we have a membership class. We don't want you to to not know what you're signing up for. We want you to know what we believe and why we believe it and, and what God has called us to do before you ever you know, say, hey, I'm going to be part of this church. And people are welcome to come here even when they're not members as long as they need. But, man, when you take that step, it's a special thing because as you become part of the congregation, you become this next word. You start to become more and more committed. And now there are some churches that will make you feel like you need to be committed. We hope to not be one of those. Three people laughed. okay. That went over better in first service. But it's somewhere where you can say, come and grow. Come and be, you know, uh, discipled. Come, come and find a safe place. Do you know that something a church should be that you may not have thought of? A church should be a safe place to fail. Where you're going to say, you know what? We're going to help you back up instead of putting you down. And, and in, in that kind of atmosphere where you can be vulnerable, where you can really you know, have that iron, sharpening iron process, you'll really grow and mature in your faith. And sadly, too many churches make it where they, they make people feel like they have to go instead of grow. Where as soon as you make a mistake, you better make a, a decision to go to another church. And we hope you find that it's not like that here. That as long as you'll put up with us, we'll put up with you. And we'll lift it all up to Jesus, and he'll help us figure it out and grow closer to him and closer together. And I love, man, I can look around at some of y'all who I know there were times you didn't like me and you still loved me. And I want to thank you, and I hope you know the feeling's mutual. <laughs> and the fourth thing that is, as you go from just being committed, because here, here's the thing, following Jesus, it's not the end of the process, it's, it's the beginning and we want you to take this step all the way to number four, where you become part of the core of the body of Christ. Where you are no longer just saying, man, look at all the things that are happening. But you say, I want to be a part of what's happening. I'm here to serve. I'm not just here to receive. And that's not bad. We want you to receive. There are seasons where that's what you need. And you need healing. And you need, you need to grow and mature in those ways. But can I tell you? As soon as you're ready and as soon as you're willing, we want you to know God has a place for you. And we want you to find that place and to get involved for where you don't just attend church, but you participate in church. And this is the thing that we believe that God is really calling us to, to invest. We're believing for more growth in this year than we've ever had. And I'll tell you, very little of that has to do with numbers. We're wanting to see people grow individually, grow in their maturity, and grow in finding their gifting and finding their place in the kingdom of God. Because here's the thing. Numbers don't always produce disciples, but disciples always produce numbers. They're always reproducible. So we're more concerned with... Here, here's the deal, y'all. If we really invest in just this group here, and every one of you really discipled somebody, God led you to see somebody get saved, and you walked with them in life, that'd be better. This church would double without us even doing it. You, you know it could double without us having a church doubling program? Hallelujah. What if we just do what Jesus told us to do? And again, when it comes to doing a work for the Lord, or even working your job, a great way to get rid of stress is to focus on what God called you to do instead of what culture may be calling on you to try to do, try to keep up with. And so these are important steps for the church corporately, but I want to give you an important personal step for you in following Christ, and that is water baptism. And you may wonder, how does this fit into this message? And I hope to show you just with... Uh, some scripture. First of all, in Acts chapter 2 verse 41, it said those who accepted the message of Jesus, his message, they were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Right there, I just want to just be a little pastoral and say to everybody that said God doesn't care about numbers, well, he sure did write a whole lot of them down in his word if he didn't care about them. Because those numbers represent souls. That's when it should matter. But all these people, they were taking a next step. They were being discipled. There was some action to their faith. They weren't just a a name on a list. Their their name was written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. And now they were signing up to say, Lord, I'm going to give my life to serve you. And it says that when they heard the message, they were baptized. They had made a decision for Christ. And now they were making a decision to follow Christ. And I need you to know the difference in just being a church member and being a Christ follower. Because those should go together, but they don't always. And we want to be followers of Jesus first and foremost. And things that we need to decide in our heart that we've made this decision. When we say, I've made a decision for Jesus, we first of all say, I have decided to follow the example set by Christ. I will follow his example. That's one reason water baptism is so important, because it may not seem like that big of a deal to people who are not following Jesus. They're like, "What does it matter? That that water's not magic. It's not. It's not gonna, you know, really change me on its on its own. I, but it's evidence of a change that are, that has already happened. It's an outward testimony of an inward change." And that action of being baptized, it doesn't save you. It's in response to that Jesus has saved you. And now you're saying, I'm going to follow his example. And so you want to be like Jesus. Jesus was water baptized. And in that moment, the heavenly father looked down and said, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. And I believe when we get baptized, God is looking at us saying, that's my child. And I'm, I'm so proud of him. I am well pleased with them, So we should want to follow that example. And, and the next thing that water baptism does is it says, I have decided to demonstrate my changed life. Did you know church people shouldn't look like the rest of the world? And that don't really have anything to do with just the way we dress or things like that. But it's, it's our actions. The way we live our life should be in response to us giving our life to Jesus Christ. So I want to take the pressure off. Don't ever feel the pressure of religion around here. You don't have to do anything because you're trying to impress me. (laughs) Just to let you in on a little secret, I got plenty of my own struggles. I ain't got tired to worry about you, sweetheart. That's between you and God. But I do believe that we do these things not to impress other people. We do these things in response to God's love for us. They're saying, God, you love me. And I want people to know I love you too. And so I want you to know there's certain things... That I could do, and I could uh, say, that I don't do, and I don't say, because I love my wife. Any smart husbands in here say amen right there. (laughs) And just like that, I love the Lord. So there's some things that maybe I could do, and I could say, and I could still go to heaven. But I don't do them, because I love my Savior. Because He loved me first. And I want... You know, water baptism is just part of that step of letting people know, hey, I'm willing to do what God asks me to do, even if it makes me uncomfortable, even if it's out in front of people. And I just want to demonstrate that changed life. And third, it also shows that I have decided to declare that commitment publicly. And this is a big deal. Church, this year is the year I hope everybody will go public with your faith in Jesus Christ. And I mean not just telling people that, that you're a Christian, but showing them by your actions, by your decisions, by your reactions. Did y'all know we need to serve God in our actions and our reactions? Any real people in this place? Sometimes my actions are doing okay. It's those reactions that are getting me. It's when those other people's actions happen first that I have a little bit of a hard time reacting The way that Jesus would, but that—that's what we're doing. It's a reaction. Water baptism is to what Christ did on the cross, and so it helps us to declare publicly our commitment to Him and that we're going to start reacting differently to this world and and into things that people throw at us or that the enemy throws at us. And so these are things that I want you to to just contemplate when it comes to following Jesus, when it comes to working for Him, because it's a big deal that we do these things publicly. That that. We not just live for Jesus in the church, but on our job and out in the world. It says in Matthew chapter 10, these are the words of Christ. Some of the most sobering words in scripture to me. He says, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. And I'm so glad for this. Because church, we wouldn't have a thing to be able to defend ourselves against God and his righteousness if it wasn't for this. I'm so glad that when we say, yes, I place my faith in Jesus, my trust is in Him, there's not a thing that the devils of hell can bring up against us anymore that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. They could bring a laundry list of my sins and my faults and my failures, and the only thing that matters is Jesus says, hey, He's with me, and He's going to go with me into glory forever. Would somebody give Jesus praise right there just for the goodness of His promise? Amen. The hope we have in Jesus. But this next part should be just important. He says, if you acknowledge me, I'll acknowledge you. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. And this brings conviction to me every day. But conviction is good. The Bible says God corrects those that he loves. And the Holy Spirit brings conviction. So don't let the devil try to turn it into condemnation this is saying God will give us the boldness to stand up for Him, to be an example for Him. But He's letting us know this is how important it is to Him that, that we do this. And so the enemy can try to twist this and, and make following Jesus feel just like another job. In church, people already have enough work-related stress. You know, they say that this is becoming uh, one of the major, major issues of uh, health issues in people. They're finding it's anxiety and stress related to their jobs. It's actually even starting to get higher than than relationship stress. That we're just so busy all the time. And again, we're like, man, Jesus gave his life for me. I want to live my life for God, but I just have so little time in my life left. Because I'm just barely getting by. Anybody know what I mean when I say you feel like you're just treading water? Yeah, I forget being water baptized. I'm just trying not to drown by life. That's real. That's what a lot of people are going through. And you know, even Christians go through that. And so don't feel down. Don't feel bad. Just know God's got a better way than that kind of way. And this work-related stress is so real, it affects everybody. No matter how much money you make or how successful you are, you can still feel this. King Solomon is one of the most successful figures in Scripture in the history of, of the world, actually, he's one of the richest people to ever live. In fact, they say his accumulation of wealth, like in, in uh, percentage wise compared to the rest of the world when he was alive, he would be wealthier than like Bill Gates or any probably rich person you could think of, Jeff Bezos or any of them. In fact, his, his like, wealth personally would have been greater than the United States' wealth as a whole, all the citizens of the U.S. in comparison to the rest of the world. That's how rich this guy was. That's how he had enough money to have all those wives. Sorry, that was a not spiritual statement at all. That was not spiritual. Forgive me, Lord. But look what he says. He wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. Super successful, super wealthy. And look at these words. Ecclesiastes 2.17. So I hated life. Aren't you glad you came to church to hear this encouraging word from King Solomon? Hallelujah. Why? Because the work that is done under the sun is grievous to me. And you may be thinking, he's a king. He's got all this money. He probably didn't even have to lift a finger. But he just said all of this is meaningless. A chasing after the wind. And that's ultimately what just pursuing earthly success will lead to. You'll just feel meaningless. That leads to frustration, exhaustion, depression. We feel like life is pointless because we're probably doing a lot of things that ultimately are pointless. We don't just want to be giving all of our effort to giving money to the government in taxes. Come on, somebody. And so, I just want to relate to you some, some uh, real life examples of work-related stress. These aren't in your notes, but you may want to jot them down. Because these are just facts of people in the United States. They say 80% of workers feel stress on the job. 80%. And I see a lot of y'all's heads nodding. And, and they actually, this is an older statistic from a few years ago, they actually think since after the pandemic these numbers have risen quite a bit because there's more pressure in the workplace. Y'all, I pray for those two checkers out at Walmart. That's all they got. Let's go easy on them. Everybody else ain't even showing up. Let's not be mean to the few that are still there. Come on, somebody. I'm serious. Can I, Again, I just want to, be a little, I want to give a little bit of a shepherding here. Let's set a good example. We go into these restaurants, and they're already strapped and don't have enough workers. Let, let's be extra kind to those people that are there. Because, yeah. man, at least they're showing up. But 80%, maybe more, feel stressed on the job. 25%, this is so real, have felt like screaming or shouting because of job stress. I love that. That's just the truth. Some of y'all said, yep. 10% are concerned about an individual at work that they fear will become violent. You know why they feel that way? 14% felt like striking a coworker in the past year. Yes. That's why they feel that way, because some of y'all are out there. And 18%, <laughs> somebody said you got me, 18% experienced some sort of threat or verbal intimidation. In the past year. Apparently they used to work with Sister Carol as their secretary. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. But y'all, with all this going on, it's no wonder that people... This is real life and people are really dealing with these things. And these are just some stressors. There's more to it than just this. And so here's something we need to realize. You know, I, I use this quote in 21 Days of Prayer and it's so true. I can't remember exactly. I I, want to say it was John Maxwell said this, that a sign of spiritual immaturity is being surprised when life is hard. Spiritual maturity is realizing that's just part of it. And that's why we need to give God all of it. Because there's too much for us to handle on our own. And Jesus never promised that problems would go away or that things would always go our way. What the, the Bible promises is that God can give us peace in the middle of our storm. That we can be blessed in the middle of our stress. And that can help override it and, and, and help us to overcome it. So I, I want to talk in conclusion about how to take this job and love it. This calling. So whatever your career is, you know you've still got a calling. And know that anywhere God would let you work, He still has a work for you to do right there on that job, right there in that place. And look, you got your first calling is to your family or to the church family or whoever God has put, put in your sphere of influence. And so these are responsibilities that we have, and we won't be fulfilled until we're fulfilling these things that God has called us to. And I want to show you a few scriptures in Colossians chapter 3 that can give us some very practical but some deeply spiritual things to apply to our lives. That will help get stress out of our lives in these areas of our lives. It says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Is there any men and women of God that are glad you've been raised in Christ? That you no longer have to fear death. You know where you're going. That the worst thing the enemy could ever do to us, if he took me out and and killed me today, all he's doing is giving me a fast track to get to go to heaven. So do your worst, devil, and I'm still going to end up with the best. Hallelujah. That's not a threat. That's a promise. And it says that since you've been raised with Christ, so we we do these things because of what Jesus has done for us. We should set our hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And and that image of, of Jesus being seated at the right hand of God means his work is done. That means the high priest would sit down when all the work was complete. And he'd say, now we have a work to do. So let's take this job and love it that God has given us. And finally, the next verse says, set your mind on things above. So you see two areas, your heart and your mind, not on earthly things. So I'll tell you, one reason we get so stressed out with our daily lives is because we're too focused only on our daily earthly problems. And so some things that we can change is start your day with setting. The Bible says this, set. It means it's not going to be there already. You're going to have to correct it. You know, when a bone gets broken, they have to reset it to fix it. And life will get you all bent out of shape. Can anybody testify of that? And sometimes you have to reset your focus. You've got to re- restill your purpose and your intention and say, God, you're going to be my focus. So start your day with setting your heart and mind on the right things, on righteous things. There's a reason we got these little bracelets that say pray first, and they don't say worry first. They don't say yell first. They, they say, pray for your coworker. Don't pray for your coworker, worker uh, and, and y'all, th- this word setting speaks to it taking effort on our part. God will give us the strength that we've got to act upon it. We've got to walk in it. And I hope this doesn't discourage you. In fact, I hope this lifts a burden from you. Because sometimes we overcomplicate things. And did you know there's only one Scriptural solution to stress in all of the Bible. You'll see it consistently. One scriptural solution. And so no matter what is causing stress, there's only one thing that the Bible says will change how that stress is impacting you. And it may be different than what you would think. That one thing to, to, that solves stress is our perspective. Just like it said in this scripture, and I could show you dozens more that say it different ways. Where is your heart and mind focused? Where is your perspective? Jesus, the Bible says, was able to endure the pain of the cross because he was focused on the joy set before him. That's how we endure. That's how we get through this mess. Look, your situation doesn't have to change for your perspective to change you got to set your heart and mind on the right things, on the things that, that God has. And one way I like to say it is, we can overcome what is wearing us out by focusing on what we are wearing. And I'll show you in Scripture what I mean by that. Overcome what's wearing you out by focusing on what you're wearing. Same chapter, Colossians 3, verses 12 through 14 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, which you are, You've placed your faith in Jesus, you're now God's child. You were chosen, you were bought with a price, holy and dearly loved. It says, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Clothe yourselves. And that terminology is there for a reason. It's so our human minds could understand this deep spiritual thing. Because here's the deal, I hope that from time to time you change your clothes. One of my biggest fears during 21 days of prayer, we live stream every day of 21 days of prayer. And I was always terrified that I was going to wear the same shirt two days in a row on the live stream. Because I I would try to keep track and I was just so tired and we had a lot going on I forgot. And, And two of the days I wore the same shirt and it devastated me. I was trying to think, how can they edit that to put it on top? Nobody cared except me. You know, but that, that's how it goes. But I'll tell you, if you wear the same thing day after day and you never take it off, you never take time to clean it, it's going to start smelling different and start looking different than when you first put it on. And just let me tell you, church, you can start your day with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, and then you deal with kids and your wife and your job and your coworkers and your family and your neighbors, and you just keep going down the list. You may need to change your clothes tomorrow. Aren't you glad God's mercy is new every day? And we can clothe ourselves again, again and again with these things. The next scripture says this way. When you do this, bear with each other. Don't be a bear to one another. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, and this is powerful, forgive as the Lord forgave you. That sums up this message in in just a line there. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. How we react, how we respond to what people do to us should be based on what God, how he responded to us, treating him the way we treat him. And I know, y'all, there's people, they don't deserve your forgiveness. Did you know none of us deserved his? And he gave it to us freely. And then he said freely you have received now freely give. This is why we do this. It's not to impress anybody. It's not cuz I'm good. Shoot, follow me around for 5 minutes. It's because God is good. He's worth it. And we're working ultimately for him. So God may not give you, you know, a new job, but he can give you a new perspective. And and he'll even help cover You know, the the parts of your life that are hard. Look at this final scripture that we're going to read in verse 14 there. It says, and over all these virtues. So he's saying, let the first thing that people see, when, when you want them to see Jesus in you, let them see this virtue of love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And I'm so glad that you can love somebody before you even like them. And I've said this before, it was, it was taught to me by another minister, and it changed my perspective. Again, you can't always change your situation. can't always change the people you're dealing with, but you can change your perspective. My perspective of people changed when I heard a pastor share about a man in his church that he said just used to be weird. Did y'all know some church people are weird? I'm trying not to look at any of you in particular so you don't get offended. Yeah, but y'all, honestly, for the most part, we got a really normal church, and God bless y'all, because I've been to some other churches, and, you know, God loves them too. But I'm just grateful, you know, for the most part, you know, we just, y'all are easy to get along with. You're easy to, easy to understand where you're coming from, and I appreciate that. But, you know, there's sometimes people that are just difficult. You ever met somebody they're just hard to, hard to understand their perspective, hard to know where they're coming from? They always seem to want to argue, or they always want to be difficult. That was just contrary. And he said he had this guy like that in his church, and he was like, I just would look at him and think, Lord, how is that man so weird? Why is he that way? then he got to know him. He learned about his past, the abuse he had been through, the rejection he had, he had endured. The strength that it had taken to even get to the point where he was at right then. And he said, I no longer looked at that man and thought, man, how is he so messed up? I looked at him and said, God, how is he so put together? It's only by the grace of God. This is one of the reasons we want to be in unity with one another. Because I tell you, you don't really know somebody until you know what they've been through. So don't just go off your first impression and your first perspective of people. Let let the Holy Spirit change your perspective. And it'll change the way you react to people, the way you react to your job, the way that we live our life. And, And we'll discover something there. If we'll start to see things the way God sees things, we'll begin to see and discover our real purpose. And we'll see how to make a real difference. That's the next blanks in your notes There is. I want you to say that personally. I want to discover my real purpose. And I want to make a real difference with my life. This is is where it goes from from beyond just seeking a career. And saying, God, I want to step into my calling. And everybody has one. Not just those of us that stand on a stage. (laughs) Again, follow me around Monday through Friday. You'll see God's still working on me too. And we need you. To be a part of the body of Christ and what God wants to do in this church, in our families, in our community. Your testimony is going to speak to somebody that I could never reach. But God wants to sh- share the gospel through your life. Th- even through your pain, it can be an encouragement that, man, if God could get you through it and you're still going, you're still trying. Did you, know, you don't even have to be doing that well just for people to say at least you're still trying and God's still helping you. Here's the thing about a career, a career gives you something to live on. This is not in your notes, but I just want you to remember it. A calling gives you something to live for. And that's what I want you to have, is something to get you out of bed in the morning. It motivates you, and and it's got to be more than just paying the bills and paying taxes. It's remembering that Jesus paid it all, so what we do is all for him. Three real simple things. Again, I shared this in prayer, and it's just true. I'm I'm about to bring you remedial math. This is not calculus. Anybody missed just normal math before all the algebra and geometry and calculus and all the other things I didn't understand? Two plus two equals four. I, I I was with you, man. And so I just want to break this down because it's simple, but it's not necessarily easy to do these things. We want to be fulfilled in our life and giving our life to the Lord. We're like, why am I so stressed? There's three areas we can examine. Because here's the truth I need you to realize. The happiest people in this world, they don't have a better job than you. They They don't have a better spouse than you, or family, or you, or life than you. But they probably do have a better grasp on their purpose than you do. That's how you really find fulfillment, is finding out what your purpose is. And the first step to finding your purpose is finding Jesus as your Savior. So number one, you need to give your life to Jesus. And think about how that's stated. Give your life. Not just pray a prayer. That, that's part of it. That's just your, that's your receiving His grace by faith. You didn't do anything to deserve it, but you should do everything in response to it. Amen? Into what Jesus has done for you. You say, God, I'll do now what you've asked me to do. Because of what you did first. Again a big next step. A big first step in this. Is being water baptized. And I just want to remind you. Every third Sunday of the month. We already set aside a time. uh, To baptize people. That have made a decision for Jesus. And if you've made that commitment. Or maybe you've made a fresh commitment. You know it's okay. I always tell people. I'd rather be water baptized one time too many. Than one time too few. It's just like a renewing of your vows in marriage. It doesn't save you. It's letting people know. I love God because he loved me first. So if you need to take that step, let us know. We'd love to celebrate that way with you. The second thing I want you to realize, another step is, you need to share your life with others. If we're not careful, Christianity will become selfish. Because religion is selfish. Jesus said anybody that wants to save their life will lose it. If all you're worried about is going to heaven, you're missing the point. God says, I want my kingdom to come, my will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you're going to have to live with some earthlings in this old world. And sharing your life with others, man, that's where real ministry takes place. People, I think they get inspired at times in a setting like this. And it can be kind of that that catalyst moment of taking that first step. But we know that real life change happens in small groups of people. Look at Jesus. He got together with his disciples and invested in them. And that's why I want to invite you again this Wednesday night, 6.30. And and even if it ices us out for the Life Group Fair, we're still going to have our Life Group semester starting soon. It'll it'll be available online or we'll get you the information however you need it. We'll send you smoke signals if you don't have a computer, whatever. And we we just want you to be a part because we want you to be a part of the body of Christ. And look, again, let me dispel this lie of the enemy that because it feels awkward, it's wrong. It's probably going to feel awkward meeting some new people at first. And that's okay. That's part of spiritual warfare. The devil doesn't want you to follow through with this. It's why so many people, I think there's a stigma on ministries like Celebrate Recovery. Because the devil knows if you ever really get involved and get invested in that, you can really see some change in your life. So he wants you to think it's not for you. It's only for other people with other problems. No, it's with anybody with any hurt, habit, or hang-up. Come out this Tuesday night at 6.30. They have CR every Tuesday. And then we got new life groups. All sorts of things we're going to introduce to you. Different interest groups and things you might enjoy. Different uh, areas of life that that you'll find people going through things similar to what you're going through. Check it out this Wednesday at 6.30. And and just get involved in sharing your life with others. And finally, number three, use your life to serve others. This is that core group, man, that we're just believing for God to to allow our church to grow this year in that way. People just stepping up and stepping out in faith into their calling, using their giftings that God has given them. You are a gift to the body of Christ. Please don't don't hold that back from from using it for God's glory and our good. We need you, we want you to be fulfilled and to, to help us fill heaven. With people that come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior because of what the body of Christ is doing. Again, imagine if just each one of us would reach somebody and disciple them this year. How incredible that would advance the kingdom. So use your life. Just some practical things we have. We've got growth track. It'll be happening next Sunday. You can take that next step to to kind of find areas in your life to to, uh, maybe gifts that that... you thought were long gone or didn't realize we're there. That's part of what Growth Track is designed to help you do. And then uh, we've also, I just want to give you some personal things. I want you to see that these are strategic. They're intentional. Our, our Bible reading plan is, is not just there so that you can win the Bible category in Jeopardy. One of the ways that you will see who God has called you to be, you'll find your identity in the Lord is through God's word. And so you need to read the Word every day. You don't have to read it all day, but I encourage you, read it every day. We got an easy plan you can follow online or find one that works for you. But get God's Word in your life. And also, I really want you to examine this year your prayer life. And so I hope you know that 21 days of prayer is not the end of our prayer. In fact, every Saturday at 9, we'll meet for prayer right here in the sanctuary. Come with us. Be a part of it. And just in your daily life, remember to to put prayer first. Make it a priority. I tell you, I want God to be the first thing on my schedule because I need him to help me with everything else on my schedule. So let's make him priority in that way. And to conclude this series and this message, I think it's most appropriate that we remember what Jesus did for us as we respond to God's calling to us. That anything God would ask us to do is nothing compared to what Jesus has already done for us on the cross. So I want to ask if you would, just uh, to reverence this time, would you begin to to get your communion elements ready? I know it takes a moment to open it, and I don't want you to be distracted, so go ahead and do that now. Because this is such a special thing we do. It's a command of God that we're obeying. And it's also just a special thing that we do to, to honor and remember Christ's sacrifice for us. Now, if you're new to Lakeview, let me let you know, you don't have to be a member of our church to participate in communion with us. But I do want you to know the Word says you need to be a follower of Christ. So let me read you some instructions before we participate in this time, and we're going to pray together before we do this. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 27, so then... Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sin against the body and blood of the Lord. So let a person examine himself in this way. Let him eat the bread and drink from the cup. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. And so I just don't ever want to take this lightly as we take communion. So right now, would you allow the Holy Spirit to put his finger on any area in your life that you need to, to make right before God, to get under the blood of Jesus. And if you need to make a brand new commitment or, or, or a renewed commitment to the Lord today, can I tell you what, a, what an honor it would be just to pray with you right where you're at. So if there's anybody here that you say, you know what, I've let my life get out of order and I need to set my focus on things above. I realize now that I'm getting stressed out because I've, I've let some things get out of priority, out of, out of balance, and I need to ask God for His forgiveness I need to repent. I need to make things right so God can get me back on the right path. If that's you, I want you to be bold. The Bible said, whoever's ashamed of me before people, I'll be ashamed of them before my heavenly father. That's what Jesus said. So let's be proud in our commitment to the Lord. Jesus wasn't ashamed of you on the cross. So if you're in this place and you say, Lord, I, I need to make a new commitment. I need to ask your forgiveness and I want to give my life to you fresh and new today. Would you raise your hand quickly? I'd like to pray over you. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. God, several of, God bless y'all. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down right where you're at. Whether it's a new commitment or a renewed commitment, would y'all join me in just praying in agreement with these that God will just let you know he's here for you, he's on your side, and he's here to get you back on the right path in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for these men and women who've acknowledged their need for you. And I thank you that your word says when we confess our sins and and y'all that raise your hand or just talk to God right now, do that. You don't need me to tell you how to say you're sorry. Talk to God from your heart. Lord, we've sinned against you. We've failed you. You know, God, you already know before we ask it. But your word says when we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us. And I need you to hear this. The word says to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I pray you would feel no more stress of having to impress the Lord. He loves you, and He's the one that changes you. You don't don't have to get all fixed up to come to Him. He'll fix you up by you coming to Him in faith. And so right now, God, we stand upon Your Word. We receive Your salvation. We receive just Your sanctification, God, by the power of Jesus and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And all who would believe that and receive that said, Man, would somebody rejoice with me for those that made that commitment. God bless you, brothers and sisters in Christ. Glory to God. Could I ask you now to stand with me all over this place in reverence of this time of communion. As, As we've examined our hearts before the Lord and rededicated our lives to Him, if need be, now know that God has a great purpose for that life that He's given us. The Apostle Paul says in verse 23, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. That should have been us, God. But you took our punishment. You took our place. And now you give us Salvation And your word says you took stripes on your back for our healing. So we thank you for your body that was broken. And we do this in remembrance of you. Would you take the bread together now in the name of Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Thank you, Jesus, for your precious blood that was spilled on our behalf. And that by faith in it, we know that it has the power to wash us clean from all unrighteousness. We do this now in remembrance of you. Would you take the cup in the name of Jesus? And finally, the scripture says, for as often as you drink this bread or eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Anybody looking for the soon return of Jesus Christ? Well, y'all, that means life is short. Life is important. And let's give our life to tell others about Jesus Christ. Let's give him our life, share our life with other believers, and then use our life to reach people with the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Before you go, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward at this time. I'm going to pray a blessing over you, and then we'll dismiss you in the name of the Lord. But if you need prayer for anything, this is one of those sharing life with other believers. Please don't leave without allowing us to just stand in agreement with you in prayer. And again, we've been seeing God do incredible things during these 21 days of prayer, and I believe He's just getting started with what He wants to do. So let me pray with you, saints, and then if you need prayer, uh, we'll stay and pray with you as long as needed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your people. Lord, that that because of of your sacrifice, God, you give us a new beginning, Lord, a fresh start. And I just pray that, that you would send us forth from this place to reach other people, to bring them to your kingdom, that they would come to know you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And all God's people said... Saints, let me remind you, we've got a brand new class called Fresh Start happening every Sunday at 9.30. If you just made a new commitment to the Lord, come next Sunday at 9.30. It meets upstairs in the middle room. Miss Debbie leads that class. It's an awesome time, and the Lord will be a great resource to you. With that, let me say you're dismissed in the name of the Lord. I love you. God loves you even more. Go with God, and if you need prayer, we'll stay and pray. Would somebody give God praise on your way out? Let's go declare his goodness to the world. God bless you.